0: Look at the bigger, Look at the turn! Oh, that was brilliant, Luke Bruce. Gee, it's a good kick. It is a great kick. It's one for the ages. O'Brien, some candy, and then a- The mid-season draft is done and dusted and we're delighted to welcome two new Hawks to the nest. Box Hill ball winner Jai Newcomb and contested marking beast Jackson Callow. We're back to recap the mid-season draft and much, much more as we kick back and relax for the bye weekend. Pull up a seat, put your feet up and join us, won't you? This is the Hawk Talk Podcast. My name is Nick Mason and tis how do you reflect on Wednesday night? Oh, I'm very excited. Very excited.
1: Newcomb could even play against Sydney. What do you think about that? that? That's quite a turnaround.
0: That's what one of our listeners, Lee, wanted to know. He hit us up at Hook Talk Pod. Uh, do you expect Jai Newcomb to be selected to face the Swans after the bye in tears? I reckon there's every chance that he could. Can see why they wouldn't,
1: but I'd also love to see it done. They've got some young midfielders. We've got a young midfielder now. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be good to see wouldn't it Nick And I think Callow will have to bide his time But he might get a debut later in the season
0: I'm pretty pleased with our mid-season draft haul uh, The only people who weren't uh, Just the usual suspects according to uh, our listener Al At Hawk Talk Pod. Why did the Hawks have such a poor result from the mid-season draft Submitted on behalf of N Del Santo, M Lloyd and Kay Corns <laughs> <laughs> Oh gee
1: well, it was
0: a little bit concerning for
1: me taking Newcombe pick two. I couldn't quite understand all the rigmarole of making him say he'd only go on a longer term contract and all that kind of jazz and really just putting a flag in it and showing the rest of the competition that Jai was pretty good. Like, I'm not sure they were. Or it, made, it made it really obvious that we wanted him by doing all those shenanigans... And then pick two goes to him and it was obvious North Melbourne weren't taken. So did we decide that he's that good, good enough to take a pick two? Or uh, did we feel like maybe the the game we were playing was about to... About to blow up in our face.
0: Yeah, there was there was the sense that maybe things had backfired on us slightly. We had a question from uh, views from the nosebleeds at Hawk Talk Pod. Did we panic with the selection of Newcomb at number two? It seemed we were primed to take him with our second pick, but ended up going with him straight away. Or did we just decide he was our number one target and no point in taking the risk? Well, my question is, who forced our hand? Well, uh, reportedly Sydney and Adelaide. Everyone else took a bloody Ruckman. That's right, and we <laughs> were staring down the barrel at a Ruckman as well. We were right into Ned Moyle. Um, as recently as Monday. But no, we went with Newcomb. I guess, you know, you could say that we were spooked, especially with Sydney making a song and dance and having a whinge to the AFL. Oh, Gee, Tiz, I wonder why they did that. I wonder why they were so concerned with what Hawthorne was doing to, uh, in air quotes, game the system, <laughs> <laughs> which is, it, that's not what was happening. That was well within the rules. Um, But yeah, look, both Adelaide and Sydney were into him and I guess in the end we just thought no, we better just go for for the guy that we really, really want. Because this is the thing. You don't have these discussions about other terms uh, and and that sort of thing, about crap players. You know, this is a guy that was in demand, and I think we have to accept that he was in demand for good reason. Hawthorne's got a good player here, I feel it. I think at
1: some point you've got to honour Jai too, because he obviously wants to be a a Hawthorne player, and so you just get it done for his sake and take that, pressure out of it for him, because four years at Sydney, I mean, wow, do you know what I mean? It's just, he'd, he'd probably do it, but, you know, the Hawthorne's talked him into putting the four years up and all this kind of stuff, so
0: you you've got to look after the player. Here's the interesting twist in all of this. Uh, Mark McKenzie poured cold water on the notion there was a three-year or four-year deal as part of Newcomb's terms. He said that was that was rubbish, that was overblown speculation from the media. And obviously, in talking to the club after the fact, he shied away from any mention that there was any collusion to ensure that Newcomb found his way to Hawthorne, But how much can we actually buy into that? Tiz
1: nothing to see here, Nick.
0: Uh, let's just move on. <laughs> I don't see why it's all nothing to see here. It's all within the rules. So, you know, like I said, Sydney can whinge as much as they want, but this is the AFL's problem. And and indeed, they've conceded as much, the AFL, because allegedly, according to Cal Toomey, the AFL are now going to uh, review the rules and the mechanisms in place around the mid-season draft, around the whole nominating other terms business. No, they shouldn't do that, because, you know, the more you suck... The better the system supports you
1: That's how it's meant to be, right?
0: <laughs> well, unless you're Hawthorne You know <laughs> they've, Okay, let's break this down It's as simple as this The AFL have instituted this rule For the mid-season draft that they introduced There's been no other club It was down to one single player in about 600, that nominated other terms. That player was Jai Newcomb. Jai Newcomb went to Hawthorne. And after the fact, the AFL's gone, Ooh, I don't know about this rule. We might need to tweak that one. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. So we didn't get that other fellow you mentioned, Ned. Ned Moyle.
1: Yeah, Ned Moyle, who who had a sort of stunning highlight reel. And then Gold Coast went and got him, but... I am very, very pleased we took 18-year-old Tasmanian Jackson Callow because he's just got these mitts that grab contested marks. It's fantastic to watch. He's been standing in the square, full forward and centre-half forward, right next to Paul Puopolo at Norwood, this is, in the SANFL. And do you reckon, I know Poppy had another child during the week, but I'm sure, apart from the... Phone calls of congratulations. (laughs) He had a couple of... um, So what do you think about this Jack kid? Yeah. uh (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) They probably hit him up. Uh. Now, obviously, uh, the thing about Callow is Hawthorne would be all over him because he spent a month with the club during the SSP. And he wasn't picked up there. We favoured Bramble instead. He went on to star for Norwood, as you say, in the uh, in the Sandville. He's touted as a ready-made competitor. 195 centimeters, 96 kilos. Genuine aerial dominance is what he's been bringing. He's leading the league in contested marks to this point. Um, AFL talent ambassador Kevin Sheehan weighed in on uh, on Jackson Callow, saying he was kind of like Brody Meyercheck. He has that ability to switch in, into a defensive role when required, and for that reason. Uh, it's he's seen as a bit of a bargain of the mid-season draft. I, for one, tis, was very surprised that he just kept on slipping back and back and back to pick 17, and then we nabbed him. So I had total FOMO watching him
1: play for Norwood, and I felt like Collingwood were just going to snap him up. That was what all the scuttlebutt was, and now were, we're pretty pissed off he didn't end up at Collingwood, um, <laughs> which, which is just great. But, Nick, what one of the phrases you just said then, defensive role, can we not see this talent in a defensive role, do you think?
0: or Well, it's a genuine query at this point. We heard from a few of our listeners on this very topic. Stephen, Lee and Waz. they all sort of had these inquiries into how do we use Jackson Callow? And Waz wanted to know who out of Jekka, Lewis and Cosie and Callow will be forced to become a key position defender. It seems like we could go down that route. What do you reckon? Well, I mean, Cosie's already done it. Well, that's what I reckon. But he's a far better forward than
1: the other three at this stage. Yeah, that's the problem. I can't see Lewis doing it because he doesn't have the the body work um, of a defender. Maybe he does need to go back and do that to get some confidence, get some touch. But uh, and Jack is too young to say, but um, he certainly has the speed to be able to be a decent KPD. So I don't know. Look, he's just a he's a he's a natural contested marker and. I think he holds great promise for the club going forward. I think you have this kind of bloke. He's already 195 centimetres, 96 kilos, and he's only 18. And that is what generally means they drop down the order because the recruiters go, oh, look, this kid's been massive. You know, there's hardly any upside to this kid now. Um, and he's probably been playing against much smaller opponents his own age. So is he really that good? Once everyone catches up, is he really going to look this good? Well, he's been playing very, very well for Nord in the SANFL, starring, in fact. So I don't have that concern anymore, and I was surprised he drifted as much as he did too. So, oh, no, I'm wrapped. And the fact that he's from Tasmania, even better. There's been some very good forwards from Tasmania, as we know. So uh, let's just hope he's won in the long line of those. Good that
0: Callow eventually found a home with Hawthorne after all. i got to be honest, of the two, mate, it's Newcomb who... I'm most excited about. The club website has echoed all the reports on Newcombe to date, describing him as a tough inside midfielder, relishes the contest, great strength and explosiveness. Mark McKenzie went on to say that he uh, quite fancies his nastiness and ferocity in his game, which uh, I like the word nastiness. Yeah, I wouldn't have described him as nasty. He's just
1: hyper-competitive. Um, he's, uh, oh, if he does debut against the Swans, that is a massive tick from the coaching panel, isn't it? That they need that kind of player, and to me, he seems like another in and under type. But I don't know. We've got Ned Reeves there now in the in the midfield. He's making a difference. Could Newcomb come in and make a difference? Interesting stuff. And uh, there weren't many positives out of that Suns game. But
0: I mean, we can pluck a few. We're going to briefly recap exactly what went down at the SCG. No, it's been a, a what about a week now, so we're not going to linger on it too long. But some positives. I mean, you mentioned Ned Reeves. I think. Ben McAvoy greatly benefits from Ned Reeves being in that side and suddenly Big Boy is looking nowhere near as burdened running out on the field and Ned Reeves is um, looking like the answer to As the Beatles sung, there will be an answer, Ned Reeves. <laughs> there's, uh,
1: there's something about a, a ruckman who's actually spent all the time at Hawthorne coming to the fore that it's so rare. It really is. Um, so I think Monkey's done very well with Ned. And, uh, look, they don't have a lot of ruck talent at the Suns. They do now. <laughs> <laughs> but Ned Reeves 18 months ago was nothing like the player he is now. Correct. And it, it says that if you're patient with these guys, and Pitnett looks like, you know, he's probably maxed out. He doesn't seem to be improving too much now. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. But Ned Reeves, he still has a couple more levels to go. Hmm. And now that he's playing with Ben McAvoy, I'm delighted because when he was at Box Hill, he had two other rucks, pinch hitting with him, competing for uh, the ball on the wing, uh, sometimes not communicating very well, whereas Ben McAvoy will be able to teach him all that stuff in game, which is far more valuable than... Doing
0: it at training Absolutely right Now uh, another guy that we've been impressed by Is Dylan Moore Who um, loves playing the Suns apparently Because he turned it on again Another great performance like last year He notched up 18 disposals Two goals two He led the team for marks and score involvements What did you think of Dylan Moore's game? Because it was one that I certainly noticed I'm very pleased for him But it's such a Dylan Moore moment isn't it? Like he still drifted in and out of the game Consistency is the key Not only in game But week to week at the moment I mean, we mentioned a lot on our um, bonus episode on on Patreon right now, Patreon.com/slash-talktalkpod. Made mention of the fact that I think we both believe that Moore will secure another contract. But uh, that being said, he's got to keep up this form. He's got to he's got to turn it on more frequently than he is. You mentioned the uh, the Patreon app, and I got to say,
1: I didn't believe they were going to take a ruck, and they didn't, Nick. <laughs> All right, okay, I'll pay that one. <laughs> We, what did we do? We briefed five or six rucks that we might take, and then Hawthorne, of course, didn't take any of them again. I saw that Max Heath, I think he ended up at the Saints, didn't he? It's still a big rap for him.
0: Okay, well, well, here's the deal, mate. Uh, it's kind of like um, where, when you're in the passenger seat, right, and I'm driving the car, I get to pick the tunes. <laughs> Actually, you know what's ironic about that? Except for when we're touring Tassie, I'm in the passenger seat and picking the tunes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm making them, sometimes songs I want to hear, sometimes songs to deliberately aggravate you just to get a rise out of you. Is that what you did? Well, I mean, I didn't play hamster dance of my own accord. Oh, I'm, no, I'm not,
1: I was just fleshing out your character with all those choices. I'm glad you told me.
0: Oh, okay. Now- <laughs> Now I'm glad I told you. (laughs) Let's revise a lot about my personal taste in pop culture, I think. Uh, Super judgmental, I was being. Anyway, um,
1: (laughs) Jack Scrimshaw. He was just about our best, apart from Wingard, I'd have to say.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Super dependable in defence, as always at the moment, Uh, Jack Scrimshaw. 21 touches at 90.5% disposal efficiency. He led the team in that stat. Seven score involvements, second only to Dylan Moore. This... This lineup, I mean, the second you bring back Sicily and Day, it's going to be really interesting because Scrimshaw, if he holds his spot with those kinds of reinforcements, what a weapon he could be. So Day comes back very soon after the buy. Yes. Uh, Gunston,
1: we don't know about. Seamus Mitchell's meant to be doing skills work mm-hmm. at last. Who who else have we got to come back in? DGB, he'll be available. He won't come into the firsts. Bramble. Bramble, yeah, play. Box Hill. Uh, anyone else we're excited about?
0: A guy by the name of Jager O'Meara should be available. Oh, yeah, Jager. Yep. Okay.
1: So are we going to be sneaking a few wins at the end of the season? People were beginning to suggest that, but then I thought, you know what? i better check out the fixture and just see exactly who the AFL has us playing as we end the year. We play Sydney in Sydney, and then we play Essendon at the MCG. That probably won't happen. We play the Giants up there, we play Port Adelaide at Marvel, we play the Dockers in Tassie, we play Melbourne at the G, we play Brisbane at the G, we play Adelaide over there, and then in the last three rounds we have Collingwood, who we can definitely beat. It's an interesting conundrum because... We have their second round pick, so if we do beat them, that comes a little bit lower, but also we go closer to... Anyway, hopefully Buckley's still there. Now, then in the second last round, we have Hawthorne versus the Dogs and Tassie. And then we finish up with Richmond, which is obviously an easy game into finals for us. So um, and they're not making it easy, and we're probably looking at Adelaide and Collingwood as being our... But, I mean, we gave Adelaide their first win last year. We gave North their first win this year. I can't help but feel there aren't too many wins
0: left in this season, Nick. No, there are not. But it's all about shifting your expectations. If you make this season outcome-based, it's not going to be enjoyable for you as a Hawthorne supporter. I'll tell you that right now. We are not eking out many more wins for this season. It's about tuning in, watching closely... And looking at like the little details, the little signs that this team is trying to build again. Yeah, but we don't want North getting off the bottom. Well, I I don't think we'll finish last. Good. Like I'm not going to say that, but I just don't think there's that much joy in terms of the win-loss ratio for the rest of the season. And if people think that's being too negative, I do invite you to uh, watch the replays of the past month. <laughs> just <laughs> figure out what exactly we're capable of. Right now, it's not much, but... You know, we're working on it. We're working on it. So you got to tune in to see how we're working on it and fine-tuning things so we can go again in 2022 and beyond.
1: So in the interest of, um, you know, being positive about the future,
0: what negatives did you have to come out of the Suns match? <laughs> well, I mean, I-, I can give you the silver linings of each of them if you'd like. I mean, Tom Phillips, right, his disposal efficiency was in the toilet again, 52.6% disposal efficiency i've been incredibly underwhelmed by the acquisition of tom phillips and uh frankly i think that opens the door for the likes of Connor downey eventually if phillips keeps on putting up this form i'd be very happy to see downey get a proper debut
1: <laughs> fair enough uh conor bereft of games in the vfl is there any
0: whispers about they might take the vfl somewhere or that's too hard. Not heard anything about that, and that is the unfortunate thing for us as we, you know, continue on this rebuild and we want to blood players and get them experience. Uh, it's a bit like last year. It's going to be hard to see them. But also the VFL includes teams from the northern states, so <laughs> it's
1: a little bit strange now. Um, Josh Morris, uh, what did you think? It' Very hard to to pot a young kid. I thought he was... You know, he he tried his best, but gosh, you know. It's it's the it's that position in the side that is so hard to play under Clarko. We've seen Nash fail, we've seen Puopolo fail as he got older. Um and everyone who stepped up, we've got Hanrahan who's not getting a game now, Josh Morris, even Wingard goes missing in that position as well, so I hope he gets another go.
0: Well, he should get another go because, you know, every player can have an off night and they don't get more off than this particular performance. I mean, he he just had zero impact. The best thing he did all night, granted, was it was important. I thought it was important to the spirit of the side because in that first term, he was the only bloke that demonstrated the kind of urgency that the team desperately needed. And and me sitting on the couch watching it, seeing how, how hungry he was, you know, for the contested footy, I was like, yes. This is the two tackles in 10 seconds, is it? This is the template. I don't understand. Now, while they might not have the uh, the tackling now, or the speed that Morris does, everyone, every player out there can have a crack. That is the standard that was set. And uh, I'm glad that he said it. You know, he obviously went missing for the rest of the game, just could not find a footy. But... He had a crack, and I feel that was at least something. And you don't drop a kid after one week. You can see that might have been an off night, and you let him go again to see what he can prove at the level. But you need an experienced player to bring him into the game sometimes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
1: We used to see that in the past. I mean, Ben Kane got a lovely goal uh, one game, and we never saw him again. But he got set up for that one goal by, I think it was Hodgie, just told him where to run. yeah <laughs> <laughs> You know, you need that kind of leadership on field. I know we lack a bit of that. You can see that in how quickly and often we're scored against in run-ons and, you know, it takes Clarko to hit the reset to get everyone back on task. But um, there's another fella, and he probably hasn't appreciated Callow arriving at the club. Mitch Lewis. What's going on, Nick? I know you're older than him, but is he your love child? Because (laughs) there's that kind of... (laughs)
0: <laughs> I've been hot on Mitch Lewis for a long time now. He's been my boy. He's done nothing wrong in your eyes for a long time. But now... nah this, this season, you say a long time. This season has tested me. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, there is something about his Ford craft that is super frustrating right now. And people have picked up on it. It's not just me, not just you. People have noticed that he gets outbodied frequently. Like he loses his spot in the contest and he seems to perpetually be playing behind and it's very frustrating to watch. It's a lack of confidence, you've got to say that, but also it's
1: a lack of confidence in the ball coming at you.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's all connected.
1: The lack of leading in our side is you know, really, really obvious when you're at the game. Oh, yeah. Um, not so obvious on the television, but kick two goals one. In in a frustrating game for him
0: Yeah, well he he put together a more impressive stat sheet than um, Kaczynski Which, I don't know if people realise that But, you know, you you do do have a go at Mitch Lewis And it's fairly warranted But, you know, we're coming off the back of a game Where he did perform uh, better than the other tall forward in the side So I just want to turn people's attention to that In defence of Mitch Lewis, you know Stoic to the end, Nick Stoic to the end I mean, you're right in saying that he would not appreciate Callow arriving that's going to have him a bit nervous.
1: Now, did O'Brien, O'Brien play? Did he
0: play? <laughs> yeah, O'Brien played. Yes, oh, he did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he, he'll be playing a defence for the foreseeable future with um, Kyle Hardigan out. I imagine that that'll be. Well, I mean, Hartley could come in, I suppose, but Hawthorne don't want to seem to
1: want to do that. And how did you think he went, little Timmy? I mean, Timmy. That's a,
0: uh, fine. I mean, yeah, he's he's not really. He's not playing Hardigan's role, is he? He can't. That's just... It's not working. But, look, whatever. It's a, it's a makeshift band-aid solution for now, and it'll do. And, I, I you know, I, I have been crowing about how we're going to sign O'Brien um, at the end of the year. I'm getting less sure. I'm getting less sure of that. I think I might have crowed too early. Now, I've left the best to last. Damon
1: Greaves' first goal. You know, you left the game with a feeling... Yeah, maybe everything's not too bad. It's a lovely goal from him, I thought.
0: Yeah, excellent goal from Damon Greaves. And, uh, yeah, he he had a... Yeah, he'd miss night. it must be said. Yeah, but do you think he stays in the lineup? I do, and if Hawthorne is serious about rebuilding, then they should keep him in there and find out what he can do at the level, continue finding out what these kids can do. It wasn't just Greaves who kicked his first goal, we had Ned Reeves as well. We had Reeves and Greaves hitting the scoreboard, so in a night that was fairly frustrating for fans, there are at least two feel-good moments, which I appreciate. Liam Shields.
1: Was one of the best too,
0: I thought. Yeah, well on the subject of Liam Shields, we heard from one of our listeners, Josh, at Hawk Talk Pod. Our midfield is one dimensional, lacking the ability to execute creative attacking kicks. Is it time for Liam Shields and Clarko to have a coffee at the end of the year? Now, I reckon any other week would be a fair question, but once I actually looked into his stats, he's the highest ranked Hawk against the Suns in terms of AFL fantasy points, twenty seven touches, eight clearances, six tackles, and led our meters gain. So that really quality player He's still there Tiz. we just haven't seen it enough this season Well exactly it's dysfunctional
1: that midfield they don't work well together. It can only get better with with more games played but you know I was very, it was very frustrating watching Tom Mitchell with the output he had you know he's just not having the impact he wants. I think James Walpole stepping up in the absence of Jager and you know Chad. Was easily our best out there. So frustrating game. Uh, there are some unacceptable moments. Certainly, the start was unacceptable. Oh, the the, so, the start. If
0: I don't want to linger on it too long, because it's fairly depressing, but um, soulless. Well, you're just
1: never going to win win the match if you start that way. It's too hard. It's a professional competition. You've got to roll out like professionals.
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah, they they weren't interested. And I reckon it was worse in that first 15 minutes than the Saints game, to be honest. And I was at that game live, the Saints won. So I know how bad it was. But boy, oh boy, they can't do that every week. No, well, I think if you look
1: at it, it's 20. What are we down by in the first 20 minutes? About 29 points. Uh, first 15 minutes and, that, and that's the end of the you know 37 in the end but that that's the game um, it just makes it too easy that's why lacocious could take as many marks as he liked because they could go defensive after that point they just went one on one and Lukosius just fell off his ban and impacted the contest you know and it just makes it so much harder for the forwards if if you can play like that without any without any scoreboard pressure anyway
0: Circling back around to Josh's question, uh, only because Liam Shields is probably one name for the midfield that we haven't really put in the firing line in terms of, you know, do we trade him or what are our options here? What do you reckon? Do you, do you try and have that coffee with, with Liam Shields as Josh is intimating? What do you do?
1: Um, do I mention the word loyalty here in Clarko? Or... <laughs> <laughs> uh look, Liam is such a solid Hawthorne bloke that... Um... You know, he, he steps up even when the game is lost. I'm not sure you want to let that kind of fella leave. Um, he's such a good example to the rest. Tackling numbers, etc. He's one of the best at the club. So if he's going to tap him on the shoulder, there's a lot of other players he's going to be tapping on the shoulder too.
0: Yeah, that's what I'd suggest, yep.
1: Gunston would be one. With his back issues now, um, as much as we love him, you know, he, he, he could be tapping out fairly soon. He's had a el- fantastic career, just been brilliant in grand finals, um, didn't win the norm. That's about the only thing he could have a regret about. And, <laughs> you know, is he going to run his back into the ground pushing Hawthorne out of the bottom eight in the next couple of years? And I don't think he is. I, if I were him, I'd be doing the old um isaac smith looking for an easy premiership somewhere
0: yep yeah, couldn't begrudge him of that uh, unfortunately it's very apt that he has a back injury because i really thought that in 2020 he took the team onto his back he, he did everything he could to force some optimism into the club and and force some good results but um and still overlooked at being captain yeah so. still overlooked so he'd make a mighty fine captain in, in my opinion and I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. The, the club has an enormous job trying to manage that injury, and um, the future's a bit murky for Gunston. I think the future's murky for Bruce as well. Um, I've gone right off Bruce this year. I'm not loving watching him at the moment. Mate, who's our most dangerous forward? Well, that's it. I think he leads
1: our goal-kicking. Yeah, it's Bruce, and that, that's the only guy you have to stop in our forward line. If you're the opposition coach, just don't let Bruce have any space, okay? Don't worry about anyone else. Just hang around Bruce. Make sure he doesn't get the footy. He's too dangerous.
0: I think that's what's been happening. Opposition teams know to just sit on him, and then that's the end of that. It's the end of that chapter. He tries to break the
1: tag, goes into midfield. We've seen that. He doesn't have the tank for that, comes back, still doesn't have any space. You know, and he's sort of sacrificing his game for uh, the other players around him as well, but. When he gets his opportunity, he usually takes them, and we saw that down in
0: Tassie. Miscellaneous listener questions for you. Uh, this one, I just want quick-fire answers for this. Don't don't put too much thought into it. Uh, Sean asks us, uh, of the 22 who played against the Suns last weekend, who would you say is likely to play in our next Premiership team? We're talking probably more than five years from now, I reckon, Sean.
1: Of the 22 who played against the Suns?
0: Yeah, quick-fire names.
1: Warple. Wingard, will he still be around?
0: Dicey. All right.
1: Warple. Scrimshaw, Reeves, Phillips, Cozzy, Hardwick, and that is it. So that's seven.
0: I'm not even going to look at the team sheet. Off the top of my head, CJ, Scrimshaw, Warple, Cozzy, Hardwick. I'm running out now. Uh, Reeves. Reeves if, if we're going to win a premiership soon, Reeves will be part of that. There's a hell of a lot of spots left. It is but that's what we can expect right now. So it, put it this way, for, for that number to be much higher, you'd have to seriously start wondering, well, what's going on? Why are we losing so much? <laughs> so I think it makes perfect sense that that number is relatively small. That's a, that's a third of the team.
1: That's true. Yep.
0: Anyway, we move on. Uh, Teddy at Hook Talk Pod. he wants to know, any chance the AFL can stop this season? Well, the AFL won't stop, but something else will. <laughs> yeah, exactly right.
1: Yeah, it's good being back, Nick. Wonderful <laughs> touching down in Melbourne. We were welcomed home, and two groans from the and that was just your family. <laughs>
0: uh, great. Now, uh- <laughs> uh, look, the AFL won't stop this season. It's you
1: know, I'll do everything they can to keep it going. Exactly. I'm not sure what the players are doing for the bye. Are they back or are they still up there or do they get just go about whatever you can. Take, take minimal risks, that kind of stuff.
0: Well, that's what one of our listeners, Judy, wants to know. Uh, with the Hawks having a bye weekend, will they be holidaying in lockdown? I also feel for the players and staff. I think I read something earlier in the week. The AFL has allowed players to come back to Victoria for their bye week. Uh, they, they haven't forced them to, to spend it um, interstate. But I think I did see an Instagram story in which Ned Reeves was in Coogee. So he might have stayed up there. I don't know. I, I did do a, do a little tweet, which was a little bit popular. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but Tizers
1: tweet corner. Well, I just think it illustrates uh, how it felt on Wednesday night. You know, we've had a lot of snakes in the last few years, and, and that was a ladder, it felt like. It felt like this team could build on those two players pretty quickly. Like, they look like players that can impact in the next couple of years with high-grade and valuable talent. Um, it just it got me a little excited, to be honest. Yeah, me too, me too. So much so that I'm now excited for the off-season. <laughs> I mean, we've got a lot of cash to fling around at people, bring them to the club, you know. Anyone who's sort of looking askance at their own side, going, uh, well... You know, we're probably not going to be much better than Hawthorne. Only one team wins a premiership every year and Hawthorne will pay
0: me 150k more. So, you know... We heard from Lauren at Huk Talk Pod. Random question here, but Harry Jones, remember him? He played one game and was pretty decent. However, he was immediately dropped the next game, then delisted at the end of the year. I think that was really unfair and puts the club in a weird light, unless he had attitude problems or I don't know. Yeah, what did happen to Harry Jones? He's with um, North Melbourne now, isn't he? He was playing North Melbourne VFL. What, did he get
1: 18 touches against Hawthorne that day we watched it? At least he's getting a bit more of the footy, but... I think it's interesting
0: that... Um, that we didn't retain him, considering these days how thin our midfield looks.
1: Yep, very frustrating for Harry. Um, but would he have added anything that Cousins wouldn't have added? And it was Cousins versus Harry.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's an absolutely fair point. And look, it feels like with Newcomb, we, we might have rectified that. Um, we, we do have that smidge more depth in the midfield, which is good to see. Uh, now, speaking of all that stuff, uh, Justin at Hawk Talk Pod, we have three top 20 picks. What direction are you going in? Do we have three top t- top 20 picks at the end of the year? If Collingwood are as bad as we think they are, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, who do you have in the midfield next year? We have Mitchell, O'Meara, Warple, Shields and Wingard, and yet we're probably the worst midfield in the league for contested ball and clearances. Do we look at making changes there in the midfield, or do we take the best underage ruckman? And tis to Justin, I say, why not both? Go the old El Paso route. Oh,
1: piss off the ruckman. We're not ever using... Anything below pick 40 on a ruck. (laughs) All right, okay. I think Max Bailey was the last fellow we took as a ruck in the first... He was a first-rounder, wasn't he, Max?
0: I can't remember, but you have to admit it worked out pretty well.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he played a lot of games, Max. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he played the one that counted. He did play the one that counted, but even then, I think it's in the third quarter, it looks like he's injured himself, and I felt... Gut-wrenchingly sick. He was absolutely managed through that final
0: series, but hey, all's well, it ends well, mate. 18th overall, he was drafted in 05, Max Bailey. Well, look, I reckon we'll probably take, what, four or five in the the national draft, and you can pick a Ruckman up. I think you can satisfy both needs. Um, You've got the requirements of getting some more mids in, in a diverse range of mids at that, and and getting a ruck as well. I think that is absolutely achievable.
1: Just best talent available, please. Um, That's that's the mantra.
0: That's what we all believe. That's what we never question. That's what Mark McKenzie said heading into the mid-season draft. He said, just the best talent available. Mate, we need a ruck. You can't deny that. At a certain point, we're going to have to do something about it. It's fine for now. Mid-season draft done and dusted. We move on without a ruck, but... I don't think you can go another year without addressing that.
1: Why? You just wait till the mid-season draft next year and then sound like we're going to get a ruck again, but then don't. You know?
0: <laughs> I mean, look, put it this way. If I could make you sour on the idea of neglecting it, the longer you put off getting a ruck, the more likely it is that we sign Tim O'Brien to chip in again as ruckman.
1: Oh, I, don't, I don't mind. Have you thought about Mitch Lewis doing some ruck work?
0: Uh, he's a long way off it, from what I've seen. The, the kind of ruck craft that, he sh- that he's shown to date, um, he's not much chopping the ruck.
1: Anyway, what are you doing this weekend, Nick? A- have you, what, put the mockers on your uh,
0: Mason's Multi, or doesn't that happen over the buy rounds? No, nah, still I'll still do the Mason's Multi. I've made a commitment to myself, to you, and the listeners.
1: Isn't it, isn't it still, you know, it's a little bit too easy, right, getting it over a buy round? Like-
0: <laughs> so what are you suggesting?
1: I don't know. Maybe you should do all three buys (laughs) one.
0: And say bye to my money. Melbourne, Brisbane lines. Uh, Brisbane. And I want Brisbane to win. Brisbane and my tip for the flag. Sydney, St Kilda. Sydney. Adelaide, Collingwood. Uh, It's the tricky ones. That's played in Adelaide, I assume. Mm -hmm. But don't touch the ball. (laughs) I could not believe it.
1: At risk of going all one foot in the grave, that was. One of the worst presses I have ever seen. I have noticed watching the football that sometimes the ball goes into the crowd, and I have to say, if that happens, <laughs> duck or get out of the way. Like, what? If it has come to that,
0: there's a much bigger problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, giving doctorates to idiots, I think, would be the much bigger problem.
0: It was. Uh, it's an all-timer, isn't it? That was incredible, watching that. Oh, mate, I just... I just weep. Uh, Look, the Pies won't have any problem with that. Uh, They're not going to touch the footy too much. so (laughs) uh, uh, Adelaide will win and and I assume win pretty well. Essendon, Richmond. Uh, Richmond.
1: And Carlton, West Coast?
0: Um, I'm going to pick West Coast. And just on the Essendon-Richmond game, I would not be shocked if that went Essendon's way. God, I would be. They only beat West Coast because West Coast had two
1: or three um, major injuries. So that's the only reason they got up. Just calling an inkling. I know it's
0: crazy, but it's just something I have in mind.
1: And lastly, Frio Dockers versus the Dogs.
0: Oh, the Dogs. Over there. Yeah, even so. I mean, if the Dogs are the real deal, and they do seem to be, they should uh, not win comfortably, but they should just get it done. Um, I think, if I'm still making predictions, uh, Lions-Dogs grand final.
1: I think... You will probably make six bucks this weekend, those.
0: <laughs> I mean, when you put it that way, it looks—it sounds pretty measly. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's almost like I should take a few more risks. No, no, just get one. Just get
1: one right, and then you can get on a roll, you know? You've got to get the momentum up. Okay. At this point, we should probably be contacting Shane Crawford to see if we can get you a win. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he, he seems to do the trick, doesn't he? There were comments last week. That uh, the Box Hillside would have beaten Gold Coast, which was very, very cruel.
0: But I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the main thing, mate. We're here to have fun. That was a first quarter comment. Well, warranted. Look, I, I, would, I would just uh, say to Hawthorne fans out there that there's... Still a fair bit to look forward to in the season. Like I said, it's not all about the results, but you've got uh, Lockie Bramble as is a, is a test in the injury list. Uh, DGB's on his way back. is on his way back. And then Will Day, who's about one week away. So there's a fair bit to look forward to there, I think. I'm very excited about having
1: uh, Callow, Kaczynski, Reeves, question mark at centre-half back, and then
0: DGB. I mean, this team is looking so tall. It's like the monsters in Space Jam.
1: No, that's the that's the spine. That's I'm talking about the spine. Yeah,
0: I got gotcha. you. But even even just the forward line you've named. <laughs> do you want to bring in Jekker as well?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's a bit smaller, so he could probably play half forward flank. Um,
0: that'd be good. I do want to see Emerson Jekker. I'm excited for him as well. I'm a bit bummed out that the um, VFL comp is suspended for the time being because I would have loved to have watched them this weekend. In in lieu of the uh, in light of. The uh, senior team not getting a run? Not getting a run. It's their week off. (laughs) Looking forward to when we're at the Peter Crimmins night. And uh, this is about the
1: point in the night that everyone drifts off to the toilets and um, everyone gets warned not to ask the players for signatures and stuff like that. Who do you think will be leading the count at the bye round?
0: Uh, Jack Scrimshaw.
1: Ooh, I would have to go with Wingard. Okay, yeah. He's a good choice as well. Yeah, I reckon Wingard will be top. Are we going to go, Nick? If we get to go, I think we should go this year.
0: How much money has the club lost and are they going to recoup the costs by
1: <laughs> <laughs> ticket <to> prices? <laughs>
0: uh Wow. Let's just see what happens. I'm keen though. I've never been to a PCM before.
1: Haven't you? No, it's great fun.
0: To wrap up now just some social media stuff. You can spread the word about our show via Apple Podcasts and would very much appreciate it if you did. You can rate and review us on there. Every little bit helps other hawkers to find our show and join the community. You can also join us over on Twitter at HawkTalkPod climbing towards 2,700 followers a massive milestone on the way there. And you can join us over on Facebook as well. Facebook.com HawkTalkPod. Instagram, also. Sorts of Hawthorne oddities and obscurities you can uh, enjoy over there and uh, Patreon is our big one it's been very big this week with the release of the mid-season draft bonus episode so you can jump on to patreon.com slash hawk talk pod and support the show we've got to extend it is a huge thanks to our newest subscribers Hayden, Jenny, Lauren, Leon, Matthew, Neil, Alex, Luke, Raj, Ed and Vivek it might have been some names I've doubled up on there from last time our last shout outs but nevertheless We thank you all, one and all, uh, your amazing support to our show, and uh, thank you for being on board and riding the bumps with a grin in 2021. Yeah, I was surprised how popular the Patreon was. Um, People were geared up for the mid-season, and
1: Hawthorne did not disappoint. Excellent stuff.
0: It was something that I I felt particularly personally proud of, because I I edit this show, as long-time listeners would well know, and... uh, I had a very, very busy and hectic start to the week, and I found myself in the unenviable position of having to set a very, very early alarm to make sure that bonus episode was up online so people could enjoy it in a timely manner and comfortably before the mid-season draft. Got it up, Tiz, and people loved it. People flocked to our show, and they love our bonus content. Uh, So, look, if you're keen for more Hawk Talk Pod, patreon.com slash hawk talk pod is the place to go and uh, look all the details are there but sign up at the tier with the bonus content because that seems to be the most popular All right, Nick so what are you doing on the weekend well I think the privileged position that we have as Hawthorne supporters is uh, if we want we just kick back and relax with the countless number of DVDs and highlights that we've got available to us
1: yeah either that or you could just trawl Facebook Marketplace and ask people if this is still available
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even though it's been a long time since it's been available.
1: <laughs> and they make it so easy, too. They just got a little thing, you just click it. Is this still
0: available? And it demands a reply See, I think what, what listeners have always been clamouring for Since we started the show And we sort of rose to prominence As one of the premier Hawthorne podcasts In the in the, in the media landscape Is um, we want some insights Into who these people are What, is, what does Tiz get up to <laughs> In his own time <laughs> do, you, do you think they might be regretting that question now? No no, 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 no
1: They still don't know me Well, no one will ever know you, Tiz <laughs> oh, It's like you can see me I feel seen
0: well, that's the Zoom link oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is it for another week That is the Hawk Talk podcast And uh, we'll be joining you after the bye To preview what should be an interesting game Back at the SCG Against the Sydney Swans Friday night Friday night A Friday night blockbuster Should be quite enjoyable indeed Oh, this is a steep descent, this one I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> The dismount is shaky tonight, folks <laughs> <laughs> we are a happy team at Hawthorne. When I found myself in times of trouble, Mark McKenzie comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, Ned Reeves.